0: Welcome Welcome to Juice Guru Radio. Discover what the magic and power of juicing can do for you. And now, your host, best-selling author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to Juice Fasting, Steve Prusak.
1: Hello and welcome back. Welcome back to another edition of Juice Guru Radio. I'm your host, Steve Prusak. It's great to be with you. And on today's show, we've got Jesse Jacoby. He's a holistic health coach, plant-based nutrition consultant, and personal trainer, author of four books. We're going to hear all about it. So sit back, relax, have some juice, tea, uh, some water, whatever it is. We'll be back right after this with Jesse Jacoby. Juice Guru Radio.
0: Hi, this is Jay Cordish, the father of juicing. Juicing helped me get rid of cancer in my early 20s, and here I am in my 90s feeling fantastic. I want to invite you to join me in our School of Juicing. This online program features award-winning videos, audiobooks, and CDs to inspire and educate you on how juicing can change your life, too. Check out our site at schoolofjuicing.com.
1: Start living healthy and increase your energy today. Visit schoolofjuicing.com to find out more. That's schoolofjuicing.com. <laughs> Well, hello and welcome back to Juice Crew Radio. I'm your host, Steve Prusak. Thank you for tuning in. Really excited about our next guest. It's Jesse Jacoby. He's a holistic health coach, plant-based nutrition consultant, and personal trainer, author of four books, The Raw Cure, Healing Beyond Medicine, Society's Anonymous, My Quest to Conquer What Matters, and his new one, Eating Plant-Based, The New Health Paradigm. I think it's my favorite. I've got. I've got two out of the four, and I actually want to get the other two. Let's welcome to the show right now, Jesse Jacoby.
0: Hey there. How are you, Stephen?
1: Oh, Jesse, it's so great to connect with you through the power of technology. Thank you for being on the show today.
0: Oh, you're welcome. I'm glad to be on.
1: So take us back. What got you um, onto this health journey? You know, And I know it's done lots for your life, so we want to hear all about that.
0: Yes. Yeah, so I feel like it's always been a part of my evolution, as a, you know, even through high school, I was eating organic and always avoiding high fructose corn syrup and uh, hydrogenated oils. And I was, you know, I was really into my health and I thought I was, you know, the healthiest I could be. And at the time I was still eating a little bit of, uh, you know, antibiotic free chicken and doing like organic dairy. And I thought I was super healthy and, uh, Upon entering college, I realized how harmful these foods truly were to my health and uh, how damaging they were to my organs. And right when I figured out the dangers of animal proteins and, and certain other foods, I, I immediately cut them out overnight. And I spent about eight years now that I've been eating plant-based. And the, the diet just changed my life immensely. My mental clarity improved. Uh, Physically, I, I, in endurance-wise, I feel like I'm in the greatest shape of my life. And, um, you know, as, as I started to transition myself, I began to help other people. And I became fascinated with, with the whole world of raw nutrition and eating plant-based. And I would just study and research and dig up as much information as possible to the point where I just started writing about it, and it became my first book, and then a second book came out, and a third, and now I was actually revising the first book to, to put the second edition out, and the whole first part of The Raw Cure is about nutrition, and so I was revising it, and everything had to be updated, and I omitted a lot of things, and... Finally, it got to be over 200 pages, and I was like, Well, I should just put a whole new separate book out on plant based nutrition. And so that was what became Eating Plant Based, the New Health Paradigm.
1: Oh, so that's how it evolved uh, from a revision, and just you you got to dig a lot deeper. Because I know that's the thing I noticed about your books, and like my books, books, because I have two, um, very heavily researched when we look back here. I mean, you don't just. Base it on theory. You really dig deep to find out the latest studies, right?
0: Correct. I I think there's close to 400 uh, pieces of scientific literature in there that are all referenced. I spent about a month on the bibliography alone, and yeah, it was it was a really fun project for me. I learned a lot writing it.
1: You know, I, I'm really. A few things I like about it, but I like the way at the beginning he breaks down the book with the 17 of the healthiest choices and 17 habits that are depleting you. And I thought on this show we can share them because what a great kickstart to just, you know, get going. We talk about how to get started and all of these, we can really go deeper on some of them, but um, I think this is great. And of course, I love that you've got juicing in there.
0: Correct. Yes, I thought you'd like that.
1: <laughs> so let's um, let can you take us into the book here a little bit and share with us uh, 17 of the healthiest choices we can all be making?
0: Okay. Well, the number one uh, choice that I put on there is to never start smoking, and that was something that you know, going back to being a young kid, um, I've always been appalled by cigarette smoke, and one of my health teachers. I think even before high school said the, the number one healthiest thing you could ever do is never start smoking. And number two is to quit smoking if you already do. And so that those were my number one and my number two that kind of stuck with me over the course of my life.
1: So that's number one and number two. Number three I see is refrain from using prescription drugs. Correct. And they are uh, overly prescribed, aren't they?
0: I believe so, yes. And I have a lot of uh, personal history, uh, familial, basically. My brother, he actually passed away, and he was using a lot of uh, prescribed psychotropic drugs. And so they, when he was young, started prescribing him different medications, uh, saying that he had some kind of an ADHD, and you know, it just continually progressed into, oh, he needs this medication and this treatment. And they started doing uh, psychoshock therapies on him and, and experimenting with lithium. And um, so it ended up uh, with him committing suicide, which was very tragic for me, for my family. And uh, and I, I guess reflecting on all of it, I just thought there has to be a better way to, to beat depression and to deal with of depression and these, um, you know, certain issues such as ADHD and anxiety and, and such. And that was what triggered me to write my first book, which was finding a natural cure. And for me, it was raw food and eating plant based and avoiding the chemicals in the food supply. And um, so I, you know, I, I try to lead people away from depending on pills for every ill. and that's...
1: So w- what have you found? I mean, obviously ADHD, and that's an epidemic, something I deal with personally in my own family, um, and, and people struggling, I see it all around me, struggling to find a solution to these kids that are just unable to focus or bouncing off the walls in school. W- what do you think is a better way that we can start educating people about?
0: Well, you know, it's interesting. There's a, a man who wrote a book called NDD, and he titles it Nature's deficit disorder and his philosophy is that these kids and a lot of people are deprived of nature so that's one one look on it one perspective is maybe you know we're we're shifting these children more towards a synthetic lifestyle whereas we're born and our natural instinct is to be more inclined to nature um another thing is Eating foods that are live, that are not saturated with chemicals, and they're not overly processed. Uh, I think eating these fresh foods that have more energy in them. They have, uh, you know, a, a diverse spectrum of nutrients, of biophotons, even the pigments, the colors in foods. Where, you know, children are eating food colors and not eating the natural pigments in the foods, and I think that also has a lot to do with these uh, different disorders and ailments that are related to you know, anxiety, any kind of neurodevelopmental disorders.
1: Do you look back on your brother and think, like, if he had gone down the same path as you, then that would have prevented this?
0: I do. I do frequently. I think that, and I think it it could help a lot of families and a lot of people who, you know, are are experiencing similar um, situation as I did and as my family has.
1: Well, let's talk about more of these suggestions here. Um, Number four is abstain from drinking alcohol, soda, and sugary drinks.
0: Yes. You want me to elaborate? Well, there are are a lot of, uh, you know, I think every year we get new studies coming out linking alcohol to to a lot of uh, even cancers
1: now. Um,
0: Cancers of the throat, larynx, um, esophagus cancer, not just the liver, you know, I think we've always known there's issues with the liver, but now they're linking it to other cancers of the throat and actually finding that there are certain amines that are in the meat, the proteins in in the meat, especially the nitrosamines that are in processed meats, they're mixing with the alcohol in the body and it's creating these cancers of the throat and, you know, the larynx, so oral cancers. So it's not just the alcohol, it's it's eating the alcohol or drinking the alcohol with the meat, with the processed meats that's really causing a lot of the damage. Um, The sodas and the sugary drinks, they're heavy acid beverages, they're they're loaded with phosphoric acid, Um, just not healthy, a lot of sugar and I think there's a section in the book. Well, I'm pretty sure there is, and it says uh, sodas and energy drinks, and it's called brittle bone formula. <laughs> so, basically, explaining the science about how these these different drinks are actually breaking down our our bone tissue and the density of our bones.
1: Amazing. Okay, and the research is out there to back this up. So, let's um, go ahead, take us uh, take us through the list here.
0: Okay, so next, I have avoided eating fast foods, processed foods, and fried foods, and I think that's um, pretty self-explanatory. The the cooked oils, the acrylamides, uh, advanced glycation end products, on uh, top of trans fats. There's there's just so many different things, and the processed foods, the, the chemicals that are in them, they're they're interacting with the enzyme systems in our body. So. Uh, We have enzyme detoxification pathway systems and a lot of different enzymes that work to help clear out chemicals. And when we start overloading with different chemicals, what's happening is we're shutting down different enzymes. Like there's the superoxide dismutase enzymes, SOD enzymes, uh, catalase enzymes, NAT, most importantly, your cytochrome CP450 enzymes, um, a class of enzymes that are responsible for um, basically eliminating xenobiotics, which are foreign chemicals in the body. And so uh, a lot of my studies and my research go into the enzymes, and I explain a lot of it in the book. Um, Whereas you can basically, and a lot of the, the medications are doing the same thing. They're shutting down one enzyme system and activating another to basically turn off one symptom and then open up many more symptoms. And that's what's happening through the food supply too. Uh, is we're eating a certain food that may have a, a certain chemical in it and this chemical is getting in and it's blocking our body's ability to produce a certain enzyme that we need to flush toxins out of our body. Um, so a lot of people I hear, I hear you know, somewhat frequently is, well, detoxing, in, internal cleansing is pseudoscience because the body cleanses itself. Well, I strongly disagree with that because I think with juicing and with internal cleansing, we're accelerating the process. We're helping to kind of amplify that, and we're, we're basically allowing our body to synthesize these enzymes again that are responsible for, for eliminating all these antibiotics and these different foreign chemicals. So it's actually not pseudoscience at all. It's actually in a, a way to assist the body detoxification
1: and if you are tuning in to juice guru radio right now we will be doing a juice cleanse next week you'll be hearing all about that in the juice Guru community at juice guru com. if you're listening on iHeartRadio, radio you'll be hearing the announcement for our free quarterly juice fast and i know you talk about juice fasting in the book and i know you're all about it right correct yes so let's, let's go on here to the next one, um, number six.
0: Correct. That's where I talk about uh, basically it's relinquishing uh, eating meat, dairy, eggs, whey, any kind of foods that are derived from animals. Um, so that's something that it, it could be controversial. And because I'm, I'm such a strong advocate for eating plant-based, that was the driving force behind this new book was I keep hearing, you know, multiple sides and, you know, certain people saying, oh, this is healthy and this isn't. And I'm just, to be blunt about it, I'm just tired of hearing the excuses and and the mixed messages. And so this book was really a statement to to show people through science um, Um, that we're really not here to be eating animals and animals are really not here for us to be eating them. So The whole first chapter is all about, you know, the science about why meat is harmful for our body, why dairy is harmful for our body, eggs even, uh, fish. I have it, you know, and I back it up with scientific evidence and not just one study or two studies. and, And I think that's with a lot of the new books that come out and a lot of even the books that have come out over the past few years, it's just old information that's regurgitated over and over again. And so, you know you're listening to something David Wolf said 15 years ago that's been regurgitated 20-25 times by 15 to 20 different people (laughs) to sound like a whole different message when really it's just something that that we all should have known a long time ago and so I, I got pretty tired of all the old research and I just started doing my own and that's what this book is it's all the new information there are studies in there that are as up to date as like a month ago <laughs> because it's such a fresh new book. And uh, so this is all new information. And, you know, I talk about it's not just like, oh, meat's bad because it gives you heart disease. It's more like, well, there's a, a molecule in meat that it, it's a sialic acid. It's called glycolyl uh, glycolyleniraminic acid and it's abbreviated NEU5GC. And this is a, a cellular surface molecule that. When you ingest animal-derived foods, dairy, meat, uh, it gets in, it attaches to your cells, and it acts as a binding receptor for a lot of different viruses and a lot of microbial pathogens, and even our body starts to produce antibodies against it, and because it has attached to our cells, we start fighting against our own cells, and so the endothelial cells that line our arteries, they start to get damaged. The, The gap between these cells starts to narrow or to widen, and then we start to have problems with our our arteries and our arterial function because of that. Also the epithelial cells that line our hollow organs, they get damaged by this molecule. And so that creates different carcinomas and different cancers in the hollow organs. And it's all linked back to this molecule. Um, So to touch a little bit more on that, Back in 1962, I include this study in the book, they were testing some of the strains of the influenza virus, and they're saying, well, what happens when the, the virus enters the body? What is it that it attaches to in order to basically uh, evade the immune system? And so they did studies, and they find that this virus is attaching to this molecule, which is glycolyl acid, N E 5 gc and then it's able to survive because it can evade the immune system once it's attached to that binding receptor, being this molecule that comes from meat. And so during that time, 50, you know, 55 years ago, they did not yet know that the molecule only enters the body after eating meat and dairy. And so, which I also include in the book, I think in 2012, they finally did a study and said, well, let's look and see when this molecule, how does it get into the body? Because they discovered it's not a primitive molecule. It's not, we have a lot of salic acids in our body, um, obviously. But in order, they're like, how did this specific one get into our system? And so they did this study on infants. And they found only after the infants are introduced a dairy formula or a baby food with meat, does this molecule enter the system and so from there now it's blown wide open. There's been, there've been new studies on this molecule, several, there's probably close to 50 studies now, all linking this to different cancers and different um, diseases. And even a lot of the, the diseases that we're vaccinating against are dependent on this molecule to enter the body. So it's really interesting. And, it shows that we can, you know, you can't just say, oh, I'm going to not eat meat and dairy and I'll never be sick. But you can greatly reduce your chances of becoming ill by cutting these foods out of your diet.
1: Well, it's interesting when we're up against trends, there's the paleo and the bulletproof diet, all these things that are saying you've gone wrong with this. And even we can even see some of the events like the Longevity Conference have brought in um, – frank giglio or daniel vitalis and meat eating i know you and i have seen it in in the raw food community and and beyond and so what do you say to that of, of the people that are saying uh well i don't know that plant-based actually works and we'd actually do need meat and and bringing it back to this primitive level what do you think about all that
0: Well, I think the cavemen, they did not live very long lives. Um, I think they had like a 35 to 40 year life expectancy. And I want to live a lot longer than that. But also, um, in this book, I show I I provided uh, charts, maybe 20 pages of charts with 76 different foods that show how much percentage of your daily value you're getting from each serving of these foods for each nutrient. Um, that is essential for our our survival and to thrive and what this book shows through these charts and what we all should know now through all the research and through this whole uh, community of of plant-based nutrition experts and and teachers is that we can get all of our nutrition on a plant-based diet so saying that we need animals it it really just doesn't add up it doesn't stack up there you know there are two nutrients, vitamin D and vitamin B twelve, that we don't really get through diet. But you get vitamin D from being out in the sun, and there you know, if you if you take a total of the population, there's more meat eaters with B twelve deficiencies than there are vegans. But there are a lot more meat eaters than vegans, so it, you know, it's not like I guess percentage wise, I'm not, I'm not sure you know what that number would look like. But total amount of people, there's a lot of people who eat is you know is much meat as anyone could and they're still deficient in b12 and they're still going to the store and they're buying vitamins and they're buying mineral supplements and it's like if if the meat and stuff really worked and really provided all this nutrition why are there so many supplements being sold why are they taking their protein drinks on top of their steak and why are they you know relying on these different vitamins when they they should have all their nutrition
1: Well, I'm gearing us up for like a six-hour interview by going through each point here. <laughs> I'm seeing that now. So, what I'm thinking is, let's just go through them. You know, comment. You know, I'm um, you know briefly if needed. And some of them are self-explanatory. But at this point, I really just wanted people to hear the 17 healthiest choices they can make and the 17 habits that are depleting you. We're here with uh, Jesse Jacoby on Juice Crew Radio. We're talking about his new book, Eating Plant-Based: The New Health Paradigm, Disease Prevention, Longevity, Weight Loss, and Wisdom. Um, it's phenomenal. I re- recommend everyone gets a copy of this. It's one of the most heavily researched book in this area and most up-to-date. So I think everyone needs one of these on their shelves. So now, uh, Jesse, thank you, and thank you for being on the show. This is a lot of fun. This is awesome, actually. So we were actually up to number six at that point. So now take us through through 17 of these healthiest choices here.
0: Okay, yeah, number seven is is pretty Pretty basic, refrain from using opiates or cocaine. It's, it's just something that I feel is a growing trend within communities. A lot of, of kids are picking up these habits and they're very harmful and you know, not something that would help us thrive. Um, number eight, I put exercise daily. And there's also a section in there called Why Exercise Matters. And, uh, you know, it's like you could eat as healthy as possible, but if you're not exercising, you're not going to be well off. Uh, You might be more well off than someone who's eating poorly and not exercising, but it would really benefit you a lot to exercise every day. And, you know, that could be brisk walking, uh, light jogging. It doesn't have to be intense weightlifting or, you know, uh, training for a marathon or triathlon or anything like that. You know, you could go hiking, do yoga, even Qigong, like breathing exercises, uh, getting out on a bike, playing tennis, you know, basketball, swimming. There, there are so many different options. So,
1: of course, rebounding, which I, is one of my favorites.
0: Yes, uh, rebounding on the trampoline, the mini trampoline to get the lymphatic system moving. Um, so, number nine, I put uh, administer colonics or enemas as needed, and that's also something that it could be controversial for some people, and they talk about pseudoscience, but in reality, we do tend to get backed up and um you know I've been eating it as healthy as can be for you know pretty much all raw all organic plant-based for you know eight years and I still do these uh, on occasion you know every maybe once a month I'll do an organic coffee enema just to make sure i'm I'm cleaned out and you know it, you can tell that there's some some stagnation in there, and it and you just feel a lot more energized after and so I, I feel that's something that is, is I'm adamant about people doing that.
1: Now, number 10, you've got uh drink, good water in abundance. How do you qualify or quantify good water?
0: Well, today it's pretty difficult to find. I mean, it, pretty much all tap water is bad water. Like, <laughs> unless you live somewhere in another country uh, with the fluoride and the chlorine and all the different chemicals, that's just something you don't want to drink. And, Another thing is some people think they can just boil the water and then it's it's somehow good water. But those chemicals still are in the water. So you can't just take tap water, boil it, and then it'll be fluoride-free. It just doesn't work like that. So you need either reverse osmosis and then to remineralize after or you know, drink some kind of a good purified water. A lot of people are into the alkaline water these days, which um, I usually just do... I'll get either distilled or reverse osmosis, and I'll add, I'll charge it. I'll throw some chopped up, like, cucumber skins in there, and sometimes radishes, fresh herbs, and just, I have a a five-gallon glass jug that I refill. But uh, lately, I've been doing the Mountain Valley water, (laughs) which I never did before because I tried to keep the TDS count low. But I feel really good after drinking that. The ones in the green bottle and I you know, I drink glass. I don't really I I try to stay away from plastic as much as
1: Yeah, I wondered what you thought of that because I know there wasn't a lot of studies on the alkaline water. So I've always kind of been on the fence on that one.
0: Yeah, I've you know, I'm not really an advocate. I don't want to discourage it because like you I don't really know enough about if it's really benefiting or if it's really creating alkalinity in your body, I think there are much better ways to alkalize your body than drinking water that's been alkalized. But, um,
1: so let's uh, move on here. And we've got um, number 11, which is eat fresh, raw fruits and vegetables.
0: That explains itself. Um, I think it's important to eat a lot of raw food. Like I said, there's a diverse spectrum of nutrients. Um, The bio photons, which is like the sun energy that's in the food. Um, I I have a section in there about the the biotensor and and Andre Bovice and Simonten, who who they would test the radiant frequency of food uh, with measuring with angstroms from 0 to 10,000. And fruits and vegetables were at the top, like 8 to 10,000. Whereas other foods were a lot lower to the point where pasteurized milk was zero. And, um, so, you know, trying to eat foods that provide that living energy.
1: Okay. And let's move on to number 12 here. Drink fresh, colorful juices, um, and green smoothies.
0: Yep. I try to, every morning I have some kind of a, a fresh smoothie, uh, I'll I'll alternate. One morning I'll do the fruit and I always put I do a combination of chia, hemp, flax, poppy, pumpkin and sesame seeds. And I throw like two to three tablespoons of each in there. And that provides a lot of nutrition. That provides over a hundred percent of your dietary fiber, your iron, your zinc, your manganese, magnesium, phosphorus, copper, um, even protein depending on how much you want to get, but you know, ten percent, you're gonna get a lot of protein eating that that um, combination of seeds too. And the other morning I'll do I'll just blend up beets with the beet greens and some parsley and cilantro and maybe a couple purple carrots and blend that up and, and drink that. And so I alternate between like the the fruit one morning and the, the root vegetables the next.
1: Well, we're always talking on the show about the latest and I don't know if you heard about the Tribest Dynapro, which now you can make smoothies that are not oxidized and it lasts up to three days without losing nutrients and i've been using it and it's it's a world of difference it's like a game changer when it comes to blending
0: wow i've never heard of that you have to send me a link to that
1: <laughs> yeah well we 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 are um they are sponsor there they sponsor us so we can work something out for you try to get one in your kitchen i i just blown away by not only the uh, quality of it, you just taste different. They did a comparison where they did green apples in a typical great blender versus the Dynapro. And after about a half hour in the regular blender, the apples were brown, right? They got oxidized. But in the Dynapro, three days, vibrant green. But it's also the taste. So we know there's more enzymes, more nutrients, and it tastes way better basically how it works is you it's electric and you it's got like a electric pump and you um you get all the air out of the blender itself before you blend it so there's no oxidation sounds incredible is is that something you
0: you can juice with also to to save the juice from oxidation
1: well, I mean, the juicing's a different process. We would use the Elite for that because of the um three-stage process. But for smoothies, there's no oxidation. You're still getting all that fiber and it's great. But if you're doing a juice cleanse, we would say go to the juicer route with like the Elite. So, let's um let's move on to the next, number 13. And I love some of these are controversial, and when we get to the habits, I want to just pull out the controversial ones so we can talk about them in lieu of time here. Um, but number 13 is this could be controversial for some people never get a flu shot or any form of artificial immunization.
0: Yes. I I just believe that um, you can't really inject artificial immunity. I think the the best way to protect and preserve and strengthen your immune system is doing it naturally. And, and you know, I've seen little uh, memes floating around different social media sites about the real flu shot and it's like green juices and things such as that and and i just really believe so strongly in my diet i don't get sick and sickness is just not a part of my life and i refuse to introduce that into my life and my children they don't get sick and so you know it's like I I find ways to link everything to diet and to lifestyle. And so that's why I include that in there. And throughout the book, there's not, you know, I'm not really talking about pro or anti immunization in this book at all. But I do present some studies that show that we can greatly reduce and even prevent a lot of these uh, different diseases they're vaccinating for by cutting certain foods out of the diet without having to bring up that controversial
1: subject. So. Great. Thank you for that. Um, and, and they are trying to make laws where you have to vaccinate in some states. Uh, number 14, keep your home air fresh with living houseplants in each room.
0: Yes, I think that, you know, I've, I always have a lot of house plants around my house. And I just feel like, you know, I think there's some science behind it, too, where the, the plants actually do purify the air in your home. And so not even just that, just having that living energy around you, it, it helps a lot.
1: Moving on to number 15, supplement with an organic green superfood powder.
0: Yes, I think it's important uh, for everyone to just, you know, sometimes the soil is depleted. Sometimes you might buy organic food that isn't, you know, as as high quality as you'd like it to be. And in that case, it's important to, to just add a little extra. And there are a lot of different green supplements out there that are organic and they're not pasteurized and, they provide you with a lot of extra nutrition that we might miss out on in, the, in our diet. So,
1: yeah, and always you know. be aware of the lead content too. be sure to check the labels. What about number 16, get a shower filter.
0: Yes, I. You know, like we. Well, I mentioned earlier how tap water is not something you want to drink. Well, if you're not going to drink it, you probably should not shower in it either, because you're going to get some of that into your your system. It's kind of inevitable. You can't really prevent that unless you get a shower filter. And even then, you you know, you're not really protecting yourself fully from something that might be in the water. But it's a little better than just showering raw with no filter.
1: Yeah. I haven't found the ultimate shower filters, the one that you recommend.
0: I, you know, I don't really have one. I think I bought one from Whole Foods and I, I just get the new filter every few months, but I, I can't find one that filters fluoride. I think that's, you know, that's right. something I would love to find, but it's always just chlorine and mercury and lead, which I'm happy to filter out. But yeah, I would just like you, I would like to find one that, that can do that for me, that can, provide the full filtration and still the water will still actually come out like a shower
1: and now we're moving on to number seventeen of Jesse's seventeen of the healthiest choices from his new book eating plant-based the new health paradigm disease prevention longevity weight loss and wisdom phenomenal new book and and let's get to number seventeen grow at least some of your own food and know your farmers
0: yes I think that's so important when you grow your own food you're putting your own energy into the food and Uh, you're also saving money you're you're feeding the topsoil you're giving back to to the earth and i think it's also good for your mental well-being and i think you know kind of going back to the beginning of the conversation about adhd and anxiety and things like that gardening can be a a really effective tool and and uh, kind of like a combatant against those as well Um, and also if you you know you don't have the land to garden you can go around and find a local farmer who grows organic visit the farm talk to them get to know them and you know some of them even offer you work for food exchanges you could put a couple hours in on the, on a weekend working for that farmer and get some food in return so you know why not know your know who's growing your food
1: and in the juice guru kitchen we love to do microgreens sprouts and uh, wheatgrass sometimes
0: wow yeah
1: so in now I want to talk about some of these habits that are depleting us. So We're not going to go through all 17. Some of them kind of went parallel with what we just talked about, about the healthiest choices. But some of these that some people might question, like, uh, let's talk about this one, wearing suntan lotion or sunscreen.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, I always use coconut oil. And I think a lot of the islanders um, that are raised on islands, they, they use coconuts also. They, they use the oil. To protect themselves from the sun and there is some kind of spf in the the coconut oil maybe not as strong as these uh chemical saturated lotions that you might find but i always just minimize my time in the sun and i you know i don't get burned i don't have issues like that but um a lot of these different skin cancers, especially like the, the most dangerous of all, are found in areas that are not even exposed to the sun. And so everyone kinda gets on this tangent that the sun is creating skin cancer, but most of the cancers are in areas like the that don't even get sun exposure. And I can't say all of them because that's not true for all of them, but some of the most deadly Um, skin cancers are found like you know on the upper thighs and in areas just where you don't get the sun so maybe the sun is a little more important than we think but there's a lot of studies and um, not in this book but in the rock here i have a section on on that where i talk about some of the science behind it but even the zinc oxide that is used to repel the sun is linked to some cancers and um so it's questionable and like you said it's controversial and For me, I've found that it's best to not put these different chemicals on your skin, especially when you're in the sun where you're opening your pores and then you rub these chemicals on and they get right into your skin. And, you know, they're likely causing damage in there. So, um, you know, everyone can put sunscreen on as they wish. That's not, you know, my thing to tell someone to, you can't do this. But it's something that I've observed and I definitely... I you know I don't say things that aren't supported by some kind of science and some kind of evidence. So
1: Right, and we should mention you're not talking about the Tropicana coconut oil, you're talking about like raw organic coconut oil, right?
0: Correct, like a unrefined virgin organic coconut oil.
1: So I'm going to pull out five more of these habits and I think that should probably bring us towards the end of the interview here and um there's so cuz we can go on for hours and I see them we'd love to have you back and make that happen uh but let's let's just talk about some of these uh question ones that really didn't relate to the healthiest choices and ones that we can talk about like chewing gum
0: okay well with chewing gum if you even I mean, you look at the ingredients in chewing gum, it's like all chemicals. A lot of them have aspartame, and um, you know, which is aspartic acid and phenylalanine, which are two harmful chemicals. And when they are mixed, it just creates this really bad product, in my opinion, uh, which is aspartame. And I know there was a lot of, they went through a lot just to get that approved. I think it took at least 10 years for them to get that approved through the FDA many years ago. And it, it was causing tumors in a lot of lab animals, and they still went and approved it. And so I have a really strong belief that chewing gum is linked to a lot of cancers, especially brain cancer. And uh,
1: Now, does it apply to the natural gums like the xylitol and some of the things you might find in a health food store?
0: You know, I would say if you're going to chew gum, that would be the best choice. Um, I personally don't chew gum, but I also don't eat a lot of foods that would create uh, bad breath. Um, So I I tend to avoid like garlic and onions and I don't eat any kind of dairy or meat or eggs or anything like that. So, I, you know, I'm not going to say I always have the freshest breath, but... um, you can chew on, like, parsley or fresh mint or anything like that or even do essential oils if you want to freshen up, like a peppermint oil, like one drop, and that would freshen up uh, your mouth too. So just everyone has their own way to do things, but even oil pulling with coconut oil, throwing, like, a tablespoon in your mouth and swishing it around for a few minutes to, to eliminate some of that bacteria and whatever might be in there.
1: Yeah, I'd like to get these... Um these eco chew sticks and their tea tree oil and a, you can get them with mint or co, uh, cinnamon and i just that's because i have an oral thing i smoked like when i was a kid so like some people want something like that
0: yeah and i've tried those tea tree toothpicks i have a, I have a good friend who swears by those, so every time i see him he's like hey you want one of these like okay i'm not gonna deny yeah. it
1: they can be a little addicting. All right, so what about this one? Um, well, there's so many, and I'm trying to narrow it down. Like I said, five, right? So um, the MSG, artificial sweeteners, and other ex, uh, excitotoxins.
0: Okay, yeah. Well, MSG, monosodium glutamate, uh, They they have a lot of different almost code names that they use for it also. So, so like hydrolyzed vegetable protein hydrolyzed soy protein a lot of different they kind of started coding it when people started to avoid buying foods that have it in there um so i really think that you know there there is some science right there's a, a whole section in here about the msg and and how it, it can cause neurodevelopmental disorders and uh, that's why it's say excitotoxins, meaning that it kind of overstimulates your neurons and it can be almost toxic to your to your neuronal development and that whole system.
1: Now it's controversial, but I've heard things that there's actually uh, MSG in like the Braggs amino acids. Is that true? Have you done any research on that?
0: Well, it's free glutamic acid. And that's what amount of sodium glutamate it's kind of similar. Um I personally stay away from the liquid aminos. Not that I you know, I don't I don't I think the Bragg's products are, are good products and you know, I I buy the apple cider vinegar, so I don't want to say anything, you know. I, I don't know for sure if that's the same, but I think that's what a lot of people are are thinking: is there's glutamic acid in there, so it must be the same. Um, it's also the same with nutritional yeast, where there's some free glutamic acid in there, and so it can it can overstimulate in a sense um, to the neurons. And so you could say, well, nutritional yeast is an excitotoxin, but you know, there's not any definitive. Um, I guess, concrete evidence that it is. There's just, you know, some people feel okay when they eat it. Some people don't. But with MSG, there's a lot of science. And I think the man's name is John Olney. And he basically devoted his whole life to researching MSG. And, you know, he had studies dating all the way back from the 1960s, I believe, on on MSG. And I, I've i listed a few of those in there and his work and, you know, how he was just so adamant about this new additive and how bad it is for people and he was trying to wake people up to say look this is what's creating your sickness and uh, you know some people were receptive to it and a lot of people who you know may have had some kind of ulterior motive was like whoa you know silence this guy we don't want to hear him anymore so
1: (laughs) interesting I mean I'd heard about uh, nutritional yeast I I didn't know if the Bragg's brand was organic or non-GMO because there's no evidence. Otherwise, and we did find an organic one with the Red Star line. It's non-GMO unorganic. organic. But I, didn't, I never knew there might be excitotoxins in there. I never heard that. So thank you for that.
0: There's actually a section in the book about, I think I titled it, How Nutritional Is Yeast. <laughs> so just to, you know, it was me presenting what I've dug up through research and, um, you know, just laying that out there for people to get an alternate perspective, not necessarily saying stay away from it or you know, I don't like it. So you shouldn't like it. It's more like, Hey, you know, this is out there. A lot of people enjoy it. And a lot of people promote it as being really healthy. But for me, I just, it, to me, it's a little controversial. And when things are controversial like that, I usually just stay away. So I just don't eat it.
1: <laughs> well, you know, green tea can be controversial. When I interviewed Dr. Michael Greger on um, our last Vitality World Summit He said the number. He and he's not into juicing at all. I don't know that he knows about the way you can extract and really get a good quality juice or in cold pressed and the differences. But he said the number three or number two thing to drink next to water is green tea, and there's a lot of caffeine in that. So you know, we I don't know. There's controversy in saying that that's a great thing to drink too, isn't it?
0: I would say so. Yes, I don't. You know, I try to stay away from caffeine uh, as much as. I mean, I, I do stay away from caffeine. I should say I don't, I don't drink it. <laughs> you, you don't try.
1: You, you do. Let's talk about, because um, uh, I know we're, we're kind of uh, going past the time, so I apologize for that. But microwaves, microwaves, ovens, grills, broilers, and cooking your food, really, that does deplete us, right?
0: Yes. And there was a guy, I believe he was a Russian scientist, Hans Hertel h-a-n-s-h-e-r-t-e-l and he was doing a lot of research in the back it was the former soviet union um, and finding how when you microwave food it's really destructing the the nutrient composition to the point where you know you're creating these advanced glycation end products you're creating uh you know like glycotoxins and different things that acrylamides are being created and formed in um you know, like heterocyclic amines and different things in the, if, if you're microwaving meats and such. Um, so, you know, going to the new, the radiant frequency of food also, when you microwave food and you test the angstroms of it, it's zero. There's absolutely no radiant energy in it after.
1: Good points. Um, and so what about, I've got two left here, watching television. That's one that people might take by surprise. Yeah.
0: Um, to me, that's something... I really just am not interested in I I really don't watch TV like I didn't even own a TV for the longest time I I don't don't want my children to be sitting in front of a TV but I think it's some kind of you know and I don't want to sound like some kind of conspiracy theorist which I'm not at all but I just think that it it can be like almost a control device where it's like you're being sucked into this this world that is shaped out for you where it's like oh watch these advertisements and then it's like you know the news is is basically just broadcasting fear to people and oh be scared be scared be scared and then buy this buy this and all these commercial advertisements are for different prescription drugs and then the next one is for a food or food product that's going to create a medical condition that you're going to go get that prescription drug for and then you know it's like uh you know so I just try to avoid all of it. And I think that, you know, one of the things I say in there, um, is when your TV's on, your life is off. And that was from a book, Igniting Your Life. Um, it, it was basically, and that resonated really well for me. It's like, okay, if my TV's on, yeah, I could be doing so many creative things. And if you're not being creative, in a sense, you're being destructive. And that necessarily doesn't mean you're tearing down someone's house or vandalizing things, but the fact that you're wasting precious time that you could be using to create different things, or even just be there for your children, or you know, be in a book or doing something that's going to to, um, I guess, utilize your your talents and your intellect. So.
1: Well, they do call it TV programming, so they're very transparent about it, right? it's tv programming it really is uh great great points and this last one we have i love um number 17 on the list is dwelling over the past
0: correct yeah that's something you know i mentioned what had gone on with my brother and um i think everyone can relate in some way whether you know somebody or you know you've experienced certain things if if we get stuck on something that happened in the past and we just keep letting that eat at us and eat at us, eventually we could have the same thing happen to us. So, you know, if I sit there and I dwell over a tragedy in my life and I keep letting it hurt me and hurt me, it's almost like I'm reenacting that over and over again. And <laughs> it's like, why not just break away? And, you know, except, yeah, that was a really horrible thing that happened. And I, I really, you know, wish I could go back and change all of that. But, you know, reality is reality and i'm just at the point where i need to accept and, and move forward and it doesn't mean i forget and it doesn't mean that you know that didn't happen it just means that that's a part of me now and i've grown from it
1: jesse Jacoby, amazing work that you're doing um what's the best way for our viewers or listeners to get a hold of you uh, pick up a copy of your books and things like that
0: well all of my books are on amazon that's probably the best uh probably the best way to to purchase them right now. And I have the Kindle edition up for the first three and this one, I just finished reformatting last night. So I should have the Kindle up for this one within the next week or two.
1: Great. Well, we'll have some links up to that at juice dot com under the show notes for today. So you guys can get a, a copy and uh, follow the work Jesse's doing. We we're big fans. So thank you for that, Jesse. And, um, we will say anyone in the community who's watching here is part of Juice Guru Academy and they are our inner circle can type their questions in or you can raise your hand if you'd like to come on and be part of the webinar and we'll we'll bring you on the air. So just let us know that. Um, and if you're listening on iHeartRadio, it all goes down live. You can always be watching these at JuiceGuruTribe.com. JuiceGuruTribe.com is where we're airing these live in real time and then the show comes out. Actually, this will be coming out this week. So You just miss it by a day or two, we'd love to have you live. So that's a lot of fun. Uh, Jesse, anything to say in closing before we close out or anything you wanted to share that we didn't get to during the interview?
0: Well, I, you know, just I guess to touch briefly with the book, I think one of the main things with this new book um, that I'm trying to emphasize is that a lot of people think, oh, well, if I go vegan, I'll be healthy, and I'll get healthy overnight. Um, and what I just like to, you know, I guess the message throughout the book is, you can't eat poorly for 20 or 30 years and expect to be healthy in 20 or 30 days. It takes time. And so a lot of people, well, maybe not a lot of people, but some people try to transition to that to eating plant-based, and they end up, getting feeling sick or ill and what that is is like i had mentioned the detox the enzyme detoxification pathways are working again and so you're starting to eliminate different things from your body that may have been in there for a while and it can be natural to maybe get sick or feel ill as you're cleansing and as you're flushing stuff out and i think this is something that happens a lot with juice fasting too is you might feel some symptoms of illness and so what this book is really trying to do is help introduce this lifestyle and help walk people through this way of life and show them that you know you can gradually implement these different foods into your diet and and remove others and to be patient and to just you know trust in the process and understand that you're going to get all your protein, you're going to get all your calcium is your iron, all of these nutrients that you need. And you can always supplement for B12, um, for vitamin D even if you need to. So you're not going to miss out on nutrients by eating plant-based.
1: Jesse Jacoby right here on Juice Corridor. You know, comments are coming in. Uh, Diane said, great interview. Um, I came to the few minutes late. Uh, would you post the name of his book? And the name of the book once again is Eating Plant-Based, The New Health Paradigm. Uh, disease prevention, longevity, weight loss, and wisdom is uh, the author is Jess, Jesse Jacoby. We're going to have links to that at Juice Guru Radio under the show notes. If you're listening on Juice on iHeartRadio or anywhere else on the internet, you'll see that there, and we'll be posting that as well. Jesse, thank you so much for being here, uh, sharing the wisdom, being such a uh, advent advent uh, researcher, and getting this information out there to all of us. You're
0: welcome. I, I really appreciate that you invited me on this show. <laughs>
1: when we got to have you back. Jesse Jacoby right here on Juice Guru Radio. I'm your host Steve Prusak and we'll see you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to Juice Guru Radio. Find out more about us at juiceguru.com. Until next time, get your juice on.